Hi, and welcome to the latest and greatest of the honest modern dating podcast. Uh, with me, your host, Harvey Hook. And if you're with me on Facebook, you are currently watching a live stream of this. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or at www.gettinghooked.com, why aren't you adding me on Facebook? Because you should... And how you can do that is by going and searching me on Facebook. Uh, just search Harvey Hook or facebook.com slash Harvey Hook and you can add me there. But if you've read, read the title of this, the theme of this podcast is how to love yourself first. Because honestly, what I want to do is call out a lot of marketing bullshit that a lot of other things talk about. So there's this idea of loving yourself first like it's this, it's this mythical entity it's, if only I just loved myself, I would be where I want to be, or I would be who I want to be, you know? What happens is, is that we create this disconnect because we're not who we want to be, so we, like, mentally and emotionally flagellate ourselves. When you, if you don't know what flagellate means, it's like that, um, like, I think it's Renaissance time, or think of, uh, I, I don't remember what movie it is, but it's basically the idea that you have a whip and you, you're, like, mentally whipping yourself by the back. It's, like, it's this thing that a lot of people do, right? And for me, one of the biggest things that I want to point this out there is that you know you love yourself when you stop trying to. But I want to flip the script for a second. And what's the opposite of loving yourself? Well, it's not being happy with yourself. And let's break that sentence down a bit. Because it means that there's two of you. It means there's a myself and an I, that the I am not happy with myself. That in fact, that there's almost like a du- duality to us. There's the I, there's the myself in the world of form. You know, there's the myself that goes to work, has relationships, listens to this podcast. And then there's the I that is almost like the witness. That's the, the, that's the thing that decides if things are good or bad, Right? And I've seen this because it manifests in so many ways. That it manifests that we're unhappy with ourselves. That I am not happy with myself. It manifests in so many ways as a quest for self-discovery. A quest. So it starts off with maybe, for example, um, you know, you go down and you start doing yoga. And yoga feels really good. And eventually you might become a yoga instructor. But that never made you happy. Then eventually you go down, you try things like tantra, meditation retreats, you know, you do therapy, you learn a job, or you learn a new skill, you try a dance, you know, you you go down this path, you eventually uh, become a master of things. Like, you, you develop new skills just because you're trying to discover who you are and become some, you're chasing, like, it goes down this rabbit hole, right? But when we find out the truth... Honestly, the truth is that there's two ways of... I've said this a lot, right? Especially if you follow me online, if you are on my email list, things like that. Look, there are two ways to be unhappy in life. There's not getting what you want, and then there's getting what you want. Because what happens when you get what you want? You never realized it was what's gonna make you happy in the fucking first place. So, the whole thing of loving yourself... It's this, qual- it's this quest of self-discovery. This, in my marketing terms, what I refer to as inner love, you know? So we have this concept of inner love. Of like, oh, how do you love yourself first, blah, blah, blah. First of all, I'm going to throw this out there. 
It's not about you. It's never been about you. But with the whole idea of love yourself, the reason why we stop ourselves from doing it is not because we don't love ourselves. Or it's not because there's some emotional awareness that if only I looked at the mirror and thought, damn, which I bet a part of you does, by the way. And like there's this mythical level of emotion that when you get to, you're going to feel really good. It ain't about that. What it is, is about, what it is, is about, what it is about, is about what I refer to as stress cycles or loops. You've probably heard me say that a lot. Where, and the reason why I'm saying this fucking a lot is because it needs to be fucking said, right? Like, if, if, if you, the point where you say, I know this, that's the point where the lesson starts to sink in. So I'm going to keep repeating it till it does. But generally speaking, when an emotion happens, right? When an emotion happens, Unless we let the emotion run its full cycle or loop, it gets stuck in us. So very much like how a, uh, a rock gets stuck in a shoe, you know, we get these emotional rocks, emotional uh, like knots, you know, like when you get a massage and you get a knot in your body and you get the masseuse and they like, they get their thumb and they like press it in your back and it feels like they're pressing into your spine and soul and like you're just so filled with pain and yet it feels so good to release. It's the same way that that happens, but that happens in an emotional sense. That happens in the sense that, you know, we there's that fight or flight, and then we freeze, which is the third one, and when we freeze, it gets lodged in our body. But then we decide that we shouldn't be sad, we shouldn't feel this way, and so we never let it run its course. There is a reason why when I'm interacting with someone as a coach, when they start crying, most of the time I start crying. But when they stop, it stops for me as well because I've let it left my body. I've completed that cycle. And I'm not saying this to toot my horn, but I'm using this as an example. An example of the idea that, you know, it's not about loving yourself. The truth was never that you didn't love yourself enough or that you never were, you know, you never thought you were worthy or just didn't believe positively enough because you know you just it's like oh I, I didn't believe that I could jump to the moon and why didn't I jump maybe I just didn't love myself enough it wasn't about that it was about that we were just doing things for the wrong reasons because what happens when we have an incomplete loop or an incomplete cycle there is a beautiful thing that happens your mind your brilliance like universal, better than any computer mind is capable of answering any question. If I say, hey, how do we get to the moon? You say we build a rocket. If I say, hey, how do we get to Mars? You say bigger rocket. It's this perfect answering machine. You input any question and it will give you an answer that is always perfect considering the information you have and the question. Now, that's where people like Tony Robbins come in. They say, the quality of your life will come down to the quality of the questions that you ask yourself. Which is true. Because maybe the question is that we never wanted to get to Mars in the first place. Maybe it was the question of just, how do I live on Earth? You know, things like that. There's also the other thing where you get more information. So when you say, how do I get to Mars? You say, let's talk to Elon because he's got the rockets or he's, he's developing it. You know, we go to the people that know what they're talking about. But your brain, your mind 
as a separate entity to you, by the way, in the same way that you say, I am not happy with myself, or I just need to love myself more, your brain, your mind is capable of just going down these paths and constantly just retrying to solve the problem because the cycle was never complete. And so what do we do? We, it manifests in weird ways. We think maybe if we just sleep with one more person, we'll be happy. Maybe if we drink one more drink, we'll be happy. Maybe for some reason when it comes to some people, when it comes to sex, it's like, you know, the various kinks, things like that. It allows people to get put into certain situations where maybe they didn't feel like they had control so they could experience that emotion again so they could explore it and maybe complete the cycle. And then we say, oh, why did I do this? Or why do I keep doing this? Why? There's a fucking reason your mind is trying to finish the cycle. Your will, your brain, your beautiful brain, because there's an unanswered question, will always go. And it drives people insane sometimes because they're like, well, why did I do this? Why can't I do this? You know, I should be able to do this, but I didn't. Maybe it's because of something in my past. Maybe it's because of something in my future. And then we just keep going in circles because as a loop that isn't completed, it keeps going in circles trying to find the missing piece. Like you've lost a piece of the puzzle and it's under the couch, but it's the most important piece because it was the face of someone. I don't know. It was a metaphor. It's like, you, you get it, right? But let's look at this. Throughout all my journeys, throughout all my, my spiritual journey, throughout all the journeys that I've had with other people, with coaching, with my own life, my family, friends, everyone, there is one way to let an emotion complete its cycle. There is one way. That is to experience it. To let it finish doing whatever it was meant to do. You know, this is why, you know, that for example, there's bioenergetics. Bioenergetics is like twisting your body into a weird thing and having someone tap on your chest until that emotion comes out and people start crying things that they were me always meant to have cried ages ago. You know, there's things like Vipassana, which is, by the way, one of my favorite meditation retreat things you can go to. If you know my story, my story changed when I went to my first Vipassana retreat. It's like you go to Vipassana and you like, you're, you're, you're with yourself, trial by motherfucking fire, and you have to deal with yourself and you experience the emotions that you, you never let yourself do. So I've distilled all of those things into what I, I like to not give a name, but if you do want to give it a name, it's like, you know, some people would call it mindfulness meditation, or um, some people would call it uh, sensory awareness. Uh, at some points in my life, I've called it unraveling meditation, because we're unraveling, like, the way your mind goes and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's through this do you experience the emotion finally. And people are like, I don't want to do that because that I'll cry. Mate. In a big Aussie mate. Well, uh, mate. Bloody hell, mate. <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. Those tears that you're afraid of crying were the tears that you should have cried years ago. Then most of the time we're grieving something. We're grieving that we shouldn't have been this or we should have been that. You know, we're grieving that life was meant to turn out a different way and yet it didn't. So we feel horrible about ourselves. We're grieving that, you know, why can I not make this thing when I should be able to do it? 
Why, why am I not loving myself? Why didn't life turn out the same way? Why was my mother or father not perfect? Why was, um, why, why am I not perfect? We grieve this. This is a collective we. And I say we because I'm unashamed of saying that I've been through the same things. That there's a point where you grow up and you realize that parents are just kids having kids and you grieve the fact that parents are not superheroes. Or maybe there's a sibling in your family who seems that they've got it all together and you're grieving that they just got it all together and you didn't. And sure, your mess can be your message. It can be something where you help other people get out of the same situations, you know? But, truth be told, the only way to get out of it is to walk through it, is to allow yourself to finish that cycle is to allow yourself to experience it, to go through it, to cry, to laugh, to feel pain, to feel sexy, to feel dirty, to feel shame, to feel guilt, to feel revolted, to feel disgusting, to feel happy, to feel all those things you were meant to feel. Because some of the times we don't allow ourselves to feel it. It was never the fact that you had to love yourself first. It was never that. It was always the fact that you never got to experience the emotions in the first place. So we decided maybe if I was just happy enough, I would be fine. Like if I was happy enough within myself, I would be fine. So we try positivity. Ah, that doesn't work. So we try forced positivity. And then that doesn't work. So we try, I don't know, we try those, those pods where you're suspended in like fluid. That's like your body temperature and it's got like salts and stuff in it. So you don't really feel and you're floating and you just in a void. And that's a really good way to experience yourself and experience your emotions and stuff like that. That's a really good way to be isolated only with your thoughts, which is why that can be a really healing thin thing. But there is a, there is a healing practice in relationships. There's a healing practice in being yourself. There's a healing practice in making mistakes. There's a healing practice in just Finding the emotion in your body, the emotion that says you don't want to feel that emotion and feeling it, holding it, let it run its course because it always needed to. And so what I find is, is that a lot of people are wishing that they could be something else that they're not. They're grieving the fact that they're not or they're grieving something from their past. Then they feel depressed and they label it as depression when all it is is an emotion that hadn't finished its cycle. And the only way through is to feel it. And that can be the hardest thing because when you have to feel it, you have to go through all those things. And maybe you'll have tears. Maybe you'll have sadness. I remember the first time I discovered all of this, I was, I was like, I felt sadness in my chest. I'm like, there is a lot of sadness there. And it can be dangerous. It can be dangerous because you feel like you're not going to be yourself. But truth be told, if you look at your behavior as a human, you're going to fucking do it anyway. Like, you probably, people, you, you know, you can point it out on other people. It never happens in you, right? But when you point it out on other people, you, you always notice people are self-sabotaging. Like, it's like, why did they break up with that person? Oh, because they were never happy with themselves. They were just, they were never happy with themselves, so they, they, they cursed another person. But it's like, this is what happens. The myself in the I am not happy with myself, the myself that you experience, right? That body, 
the the you that isn't the you, the separate from the driver to the car, is actually going to drive itself to get where it needs to go anyway. It's going to experience the things it needs to experience. It's going to feel the pain that it meant to feel. It's going to feel the love that it wants to feel. It's going to feel the hurt. It's going to feel the joy. It's going to feel the sex. It's going to feel the emotion. It's going to feel the sensations. It's going to feel the happiness. It's going to feel the friendships. It needs to feel in order to make itself feel whole. By itself, whether you fucking like it or not. Because that's what happens. It does these things and you notice and you look at it. It's like, why do I keep doing these things? You know, it's like, for example, there's like an, a common example I get where it's like a woman is like, oh, you know, I keep sleeping with this guy. He's a total asshole. Why do I keep doing it? It's because you fucking want to. It's there's a reason. <laughs> Look at you. You got a big smile on your face. You just like embrace it. You're like, why did I keep sleeping with it? He's an asshole. Maybe you need to experience what an asshole looks like. <laughs> It's like, you're human, you've got to do it anyway. So, so honestly, it's like, we go through these things and we stop ourselves from experiencing it. You're going to do it anyway. Just let yourself do it. Enjoy it. You know, you had sex with him. It was a mistake. Enjoy the mistake. But at the end of the day, look, let's get serious for a second. At the end of the day, how much do we actually control? You know, do we actually control much of our life, much of our mind, much of our body? I'm going to argue a lot of people pretend like they have control. They don't have any control. The truth is the only real control we have as a being, as the I, as a separate to myself, is to witness, is to observe. Because the reason why we can't make conscious decisions as consciously as we fucking want to is not because we're not in control. It's because we don't have the full puzzle. Like, we don't know every piece. So we keep doing it. <laughs> so you keep sleeping with that asshole. I love that example. Um, because, you know, it's really funny when I deal with people who are like, I can't believe I did that last night. I can't believe I did it. I'm like, you got a fucking big-ass smile on your face. There's the reason why you did it. I ain't never seen anyone who's had a... You know, like a walk of shame who wasn't happy that they did it. It's like, enjoy it. But only through the act of observation, the self-observation, becoming the witness in your own life. Do you get the missing pieces of the puzzle so you can make semi-conscious decisions? Definitely more conscious than before. Not fully conscious because do you actually control? You know what I mean? It's like, for example, a really simplified example of this is someone who um, someone who gets out of bed at like 8 a.m. And they're like, oh, shit, I was meant to get out of bed at 7 a.m. So the next day they set their alarm for 6. So they're like, I'm going to get up at 6. I'm going to beat my alarm and I'm going to be out. And that way I won't be late for work. And yet 6 o'clock comes. They snooze the button. And then 7 o'clock comes and they snooze the button. And then 8 o'clock comes and they go, Oh shit, I was meant to be at work 10 minutes ago. It's because there's a part of you that needed that. Let it happen. 
deal with the consequences, get the feedback from the universe, live fully you in your decisions, make your mistakes, fall over so you can get back up again, fall over so you can learn. But when we make these mistakes, the smallest ones to the biggest ones, one, we get feedback from the world, ah, maybe if I sleep in more, I'll lose my job. But there's a part of you that realizes that, say you're sleeping in, for example, it's like, oh, I can sleep in because uh, if I sleep in, I won't lose my job. Then you learn that you will. You'll never sleep in again. <laughs> There's a really good example of my sister and I. Back in the day when um, when uh, Batman versus Superman came out, it was opening night, grand night, and I was visiting my family and my sister was there. And the next day she was going on a holiday. And I cannot remember for the life of me where she was going. It's irrelevant to the story. But... She was leaving the next morning and she was like, I have to pack. This is my impression of my sister. I have to pack. That's not what she sounds like, by the way. But she's like, I have to pack. And I have to pack tonight. And I said to her, and this is my impression of myself, uh, are you really going to pack? Are you actually going to pack? Or are you going to spend the entire night thinking about how you should pack? And then you're going to pack tomorrow morning? And she said, good point. Let's go see ba- uh, Batman versus Superman. Because she realized in that moment that she was going to do whatever she was going to do anyway. But are you going to do whatever you're going to do anyway? Some people refuse to feel this because they're like, I am in control. No, you're not. Your body is in control. Your mind is in control. You are simply the witness to those things. And as you witness them, then you realize maybe you've been doing things for the wrong reasons. For example, I have this hobby. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called Warhammer. It's this thing where it's like you're dorky little people and you you play war games with these models that you painted and you have armies and you have cities. It's this whole thing. Some people would hear it. I used to joke that if I was dating a girl, I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to show you this thing and um, be warned your ovaries will shrivel up. (laughs) And uh, luckily for me, they didn't. But um, as that happens, right, as that happens, we go down this, what was I saying? So I, I've done this from my fucking entire life. Like ever since I was 12, painting these models, I got very good at it. I'm an artist in my nature, you know? Everything I do is an art. Even this podcast is an art. My coaching is an art. People are my art and people themselves are the artists, which is a quote from my book that I'm writing out um, right, right now. But truth be told... I was doing it for the wrong reasons. And I had this crazy addiction for it. Why? Why did I keep doing this? So I observed. And I observed and I observed and I observed. And one day I realized that it was a replacement father fucking figure. That sure, I have a relationship with my dad, but it wasn't a good relationship. And this game, this game where you paint models and there's you have a giant rule book that's like, uh, like 500 pages long and crazy complicated rules that you'll never remember and the the figures that you buy and paint are more expensive than running a household but i realized that i was doing it for the wrong reasons that i was doing it because i was replacing a father figure why the rules give you a perfect example of how the world works you know there's a world for you to explore there's history there's law you get to paint you get to create you get to win like maybe a father would teach a son how to do And I realized this, that this is what I was chasing this entire time. And I'm like, hey, overnight, I fucking put most of my models away. 
I was like, I'm doing this for the wrong reason. I burnt out. As I said before, two ways to be unhappy, not getting what you want and getting what you want. Similarly, there are two ways. Someone also says there are two ways to be happy, not getting what you want and getting what you want. I'm going to argue that that's actually incorrect because we confuse happiness with excitement. That we think that, oh, we're excited, therefore we're happy. So we chase excitement and not true happiness. And true happiness is healing. Is being in a place where you're not conflicted and you're just acting in accordance, that you're present with your own body and mind. And that is this podcast. So thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this on iTunes, make sure to leave a, uh, a review. I just discovered there are reviews. So leave a five-star review. Uh, and a comment that says, um, Harvey Hook is uh, my messiah of relationships. Praise be to him. Without him, uh, I will not be who I am today. Uh, Lord, uh, and uh, uh, share with your friends, I don't know. But most importantly, you know me. On iTunes, I'm trying to get to number one. We're trying to beat Hannah Riley from Triple J. We're going to beat the shit out of her uh, podcast, not her. Um, I know she, she, I was once on her show, but Hannah Riley, if you're listening to this, I'm coming for you. It's not personal. It's just iTunes. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure to share this podcast with every person you know ever or anyone that you feel like they need to hear it. And thanks most of all for engaging with me in a level four relationship. To me, a level four relationship is giving for the sake of giving. You give, I give, I am giving you as much fucking time as I can, as much content as I can, which, by the way, everyone confuses content for real quality. Have you ever noticed how people think content and quality are the same thing? Uh, That's not the same thing. People assume that it is, and it ain't. So, as always, thanks so much for listening. I love you. You're an amazing human being. Uh, make sure to, um, I don't know, go on my YouTube channel, press subscribe like five times, you know, get your friends, make some new accounts, press subscribe, write some reviews on this thing, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And I've done beating around the bush. This has been 26 minutes and four seconds as I said that. Thank you so much. And I will see you next week, next Saturday. Bye.